Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and this is episode number 11. Now, guys, we have a wonderful interview today with Susie Vers, who is an author and also a birth advocate. She goes into detail about her very traumatic first birth, but the redemption that she found in her second home birth. So I do want to prepare you um, that she, she had a very rough time with her first birth, but such an amazing redemptive story, and I look forward to you guys hearing it. Before we get to the interview, I do want to first thank the reviewer of the week, Gone Dizzle, who the title of the review is Love, 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 Three Loves. Thank you very much. And she says, I'm currently expecting my second baby and wanted to hear other experiences of home birth before I make my choice on what's right for our family. I love the different perspectives and the way the show is so open. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is so sweet and I love that. So Gondizzle, if you would please send me a message at Caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I will send you your vinyl sticker. So thank you guys for the reviews. And while we're on the topic of very fun things, I wanted to mention a new thing that we're going to have going on with the show, which is if you will take a screenshot When you are listening to an episode, send it to me on Instagram and I will be posting those on my story to give you guys a shout out. Be sure to send those to at Happy Home Birth Podcast. So I also want to, before we start, go ahead and give a thank you to our sponsors. We have Stephanie Sibio of Glowing Mama to Be and Carrie LaChapelle Craft of Hatched Traditional Midwifery. Now, Glowing Mama to Be, it's your weekly guide to a fit and healthy pregnancy. Training for labor and delivery is like training for a marathon. We have to train consistently and specific to the goal of a safe and healthy delivery. This program comes with weekly workouts, featured recipes, and so much more to support you from six weeks all the way to birth. And it's broken up into three trimesters, so you can purchase one at a time or all together. Knowing how to eat and exercise properly when you're pregnant can be one less thing to worry about when you join Glowing Mama to Be. And also, Stephanie has given a 15% discount code to anybody who listens to the Happy Home Birth podcast. The code is Happy Home Birth 15, Happy Home Birth 15, all one word. And you can use that at glowing mama courses.thinkific.com. That's in the show notes as well. So let's go ahead and get on to the interview. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Susie, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So I would love for you to just tell my listeners who you are about yourself and your family. Yeah, so my name is Susie Beers. I have um, two children. One is four and my little home birth baby is about seven months now. And we live in Seattle, and we love birth. We're obsessed with it. (laughs) My daughter, my four-year-old, actually got to be present for most of my labor with her little sister, and she just loved that. That is amazing. That is my hope for, for my coming birth in June. 
my daughter is, she's only two right now. So she'll be about two and a half when, when I give birth. And I have this idealistic vision of her being there, but it, it might not work out. <laughs> you never know. I was very surprised with um, how well, how much she wanted to be there. And um, when she was done, she just left. My mom just grabbed her and they left. So it was a lot of fun. Oh, that's perfect. Now tell me about your your experience. You had mentioned to me before we started how you had had a, a hospital birth initially, um, but you didn't start that way. You started off with a midwife. Would you mind explaining how all of that unfolded? Yes, absolutely. So I feel like the stories of my pregnancies are all interrelated, um, and it's really a tale of two births or a tale of three pregnancies. Uh, my first birth was your um, cascade of interventions, not a lot of support, very overwhelming, ended in a C-section birth, and it left me feeling very defeated and depleted. And so when Actually, when we were starting our family, we wanted all our kids really close together. But the birth of my first child, um, it put me into like really, really bad postpartum depression. It was really hard on my relationship with my husband. And so we ended up waiting several years to get pregnant again. Um, I can tell you more about that, that story if you want, but prefer to focus more on the, the good that came after the storm. So the second time around, I knew I had to do things differently because when I say it was a matter of survival, it truly was like my first birth. It was just so sorry. It's emotional for me to go back into these these memories because they were so, so painful. And I remember after I got pregnant with Hazel, she was a, a, a planned pregnancy. I had that joy of seeing the positive line on the pregnancy test. I already pretty much knew I was pregnant, so it wasn't a surprise. But then the next week, I spent almost the whole week crying because the only times in my life where I've felt like I'm going to die or my child could die or all these like really overwhelming, scary, scary, scary emotions was when I was going through that first birth experience the first time around. And I had this moment of like, I'm really doing this again. Am I really, am I going to survive this time? I don't know. And so being in that place of coming back from a traumatic birth, I knew I had to do things differently. I had spent years in recovery, years in therapy. Um, and I knew I had really educated myself on birth so that I would be prepared. And yet even doing all that preparation, I still felt all these overwhelming feelings. So my second birth with Hazel, I interviewed several midwives to find one that I really connected with. If you're in Seattle, Dr. Brandy of Moonrise Birth is the most amazing midwife in the entire world. <laughs> but I started interviewing doctors, and when I found someone I connected with, I felt a lot better. And then I got an amazing doula, and I can't even tell you how beautiful and amazing the birth with Hazel was. You know, I have to say this to start out. So Hazel was over 10 pounds. She was, <laughs> she didn't like to stay positioned correctly. Like I could, we could get her to flip with some movement things while I was pregnant, but then the second I would lay down, she'd go back to being 
um, like a stargazer, which oh. just means that she was like facing with her head forward instead of her head um, down, like her eyes facing mm, out. A posterior the baby. Oh yeah, posterior. Yes. Um. So she came out sideways with her hand over her head, and oh, I tell my. you, still the best experience of my life. Like I would birth her, go through this birthing experience again and again and again. It was so great. So um, with her birth, I, you know, I found the right support people and um, we just had so much fun. We had, um, when I went into labor, I called a friend, she came over and she kind of hung out with me while I was doing those first contractions and then the birth tub came and we were like singing and dancing and my four-year-old was I guess she was three at the time she was like getting in the water with me and having so much fun and then when she was done my mom took her and then it was like baby time and we had Ed Sheeran playing in the background and it was so so peaceful at at that time the sun had gone down so it was dark in our room except for some like nice soft lighting my doula and midwife were pretty much just sitting next to the birthing pool <laughs> um I could feel like Brandy was monitoring me every now and then and I I was kind of aware of it but not really because I was so in this like birth zone and then my husband was just sitting behind me so I was kind of like leaned up backwards and he would just put like rub and stroke my forehead and whisper good things in my ears and like I just remember pushing like it just felt so good to push like everyone talks about like oh how childbirth is like the most painful thing you'll ever experience and like there was a moment during transition where I was like holy crap, can I do this? But other than that moment in transition, like before that and after that, just felt powerful and incredible. And um, when I was pushing and in tune with my body, I felt like the way I was pushing could like counteract the pain. And then when Hazel was born, my midwife directed her body directly from the water into my arms. So I patted her back and she took her first breath, staring up at me. And she cried for maybe 10 seconds. And then she just took a deep breath and just stared at me. And we just had this moment. I don't know, it felt like an eternity. I go back to this moment all the time in my head of just like total peace and serenity and calmness and happiness. And she was there in my arms. It was amazing. Isn't that incredible how all of the intensity just melts away as soon as that baby is in your arms? Yeah. It's so, oh my gosh, there's not really words that describe that first moment when you see them and they're there, you know? Now, it sounds like since Hazel was in such an interesting position, how did that affect your labor? Did you have a longer labor with your second? Well, um, no, <laughs> but my labor with Zoe stalled when I went into the hospital and it never really 
picked up again. So I labored with her about, well, I'm going to put labor in quotation marks because I wasn't truly in labor all this time. But from the time I went into the hospital to the time I delivered via C-section was about, I'll just say 24 hours. But it was a little bit less than that. I went in at 8 at the morning and I had her at midnight. So Hazel was, I started labor around 8 and she was in my arms at 9. Oh, wow. So it was a long day. I mean, 9 at night. 8 in the morning, 9 at night. Okay, perfect. I was going to say one hour? Like I said, the whole, like the early labor wasn't, like I was laboring and focusing, but it wasn't like super painful or crazy like I expected, you know. Now, with your first birth with Zoe, was your intention to go into the hospital and have a C-section or was this an unplanned cesarean? It was an unplanned cesarean. We wanted to do a natural birth. And okay, so looking back at this, I think, why did I not see all the red flags? Because I had talked to my, I was in a group practice and I had talked to one of the OBs about doing a natural birth and like, what classes I should take? take hypnobabies or hypnobirthing and they flat out told me they were like we don't see very moms successful with natural birth and those classes are a waste of your money they're not going to help you mm-hmm. and so I should have seen that and then like oh these doctors are not supportive of natural birth I'm going to find somebody else but um, I already had a relationship with them because I had lost a child before and they had been really good when they had been really helpful when I was in crisis. So now I know OBs are very, well, not all OBs. Like you can find like OBs that practice like midwives and midwives that practice like OBs. Absolutely. But like you're going to have your people that specialize in crisis and they're really great to have if something goes wrong. And you're going to have those people that specialize in making and supporting you so that things don't go wrong. And those are two different skill sets a pretty good idea to have I think both people on your team like for Hazel I had my midwife I also had an OB that would they work with so if I transferred I would know it, she has a specific group that backs her up if we do transfer to the hospital and you have all the that specialized emergency care if there is an emergency that's very useful to have those connections oh my gosh it was amazing and it gave me a lot of confidence And, you know, the, I guess I will tell you a little bit more about, about Zoe's birth, my first birth. Please. Hey guys, I just want to cut in really quickly and tell you about our second sponsor, Hatched at Home. Midwife Carrie LaChapelle is a licensed midwife, CPM of 12 years, offering home birth services in the upstate of South Carolina. She provides evidence-based prenatal care, mama baby family centered home birth care including water birth and mama baby postpartum care for birth to six weeks and beyond carrie also offers extras like beautiful bank hunk belly binding and she carries a wide variety of wish garden tinctures in her office she offers a free consultation to see if she's a good fit for your birth so please visit hatched at home website which is hatchedathome.com you can also check Carrie out on Facebook at Hatched Midwife Carrie LaChapelle, that's L-A-C-H-A-P-E-L-L-E, or get in touch with Carrie at 
907-607-6363. Some of you guys know that Carrie is my midwife and I love her to pieces. So if you're in Greenville, South Carolina or the surrounding area, give Carrie a call for your next birth. So with with Zoe, my first birth, my water broke at night before I went into labor, which is not that common. And once your water breaks, you're birthing in the hospital, you're essentially set on a clock where they want you to have that baby out within 24 hours. And um, is that evidence-based? Not really. (laughs) You know, a lot of, if you go on the evidence-based birth blog or look at the research, you you have some more time than that as long as you're watching for signs of infection and things like that. But whatever, that's the hospital protocol, at least where I was, was 24 hours, and that's it. If you're not done in 24 hours, C-section is the, like, all they let you do, really. (laughs) So with the Zoe, my water broke at, right before I was going to bed, so probably 10 or 11, and I called my doctor, I told them, and they said, okay, that's fine, just don't go in the water, and come in when either come in in the morning or if your labor is progressing like you would normally. And so I did labor overnight. I mostly slept at night. My labor was picking up in the morning to that like three to five minute apart contractions. And then when I, I like was having a hard time walking, basically the time when you would normally go to the hospital if you're planning a hospital delivery. When I was checking in at the hospital, the nurse looked at me. She was asking the intake questions like, you know, tell me about how far along you are and blah, 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 blah. And um, when I told her my water broke the night before, she said, your water broke 12 hours ago. You could have killed your baby. Which oh, my is- word. Yes, I know. Nobody should ever say that to a laboring mother, ever. So it put me kind of into this place of shock and um, my labor stalled at that point, probably because I was so scared and upset and worried. And so um, they checked me into a room, you know, I got my hospital gown on and they checked how far along I was and I was only three centimeters, so not very far, which actually is as far as I ever dilated (laughs) in that pregnancy, in that birth. Um, yeah, my labor just stopped. And at that point, um, when my labor stopped, you know, when they came in and checked on me in an hour, they were like, okay, we need to do Pitocin. And like, well, can I like go for a walk? Can I like clear my head? And they were like, um, we have to get this baby out of you. So we would really discourage that. So immediately it was the Pitocin. And then I had wanted to go naturally, but those Pitocin contractions are really, really intense. Mm. And I don't think I had, I didn't really have a lot of coping mechanisms like I did with Hazel's birth. You know, I had a lot of, I had really prepared for Hazel's birth. So I was prepared for contractions and accepting them. And so they did, they gave me Pitocin and eventually I got the epidural because the Pitocin contractions were so hard. And they kept checking me, even when I was like, it's pretty clear I'm not like an actual, you know, like my contractions just were not 
picking back up, you know, and which really bugged me because every time they check you, it like increases the chance of infection. And that's what we were trying to avoid, right? Right. They're they're comfortable oh. with all of the checks, but not comfortable with you having been at home in your bed. Right. You know, <laughs> makes no sense. And so after they kept upping the level of Pitocin and more Pitocin and more Pitocin and more Pitocin, eventually Zoe's heart rate started to, to dip. And then at that point, it had been so long and I really wasn't progressing and I was still so stressed and in this just not a good state of mind. We had a C-section and they snuggled her next to me or they, like after they took her out of me, they wrapped later wrapped her in a blanket they brought her back put her against my cheek I got to see her for maybe like two minutes max and they whisked her away and my husband away with her which I'm glad he got to go but that left me alone um and I had had a really big reaction to the epidural which does not surprise me because I react to most medications <laughs> um so like I was like violently shaking on the operating table um, like I had no control over, like, obviously I couldn't feel what was happening on my lower body. That was totally numb, but like, I had no control over any of my upper body as well. Um, so I was like shaking really violently and I had this like really, this sense of thirst. I mean, I hadn't eaten in 24 hours. Once you check into the hospital, you can't eat, but it's a really hard thing to describe when you haven't felt it. Like think about being so dehydrated you're worried about about like dying from dehydration and I was just you know nobody would I was like trying to get somebody to confirm to me that my baby was okay because you know why did they have to whisk her off so fast and they had spent all day telling me all these like horrible things that could happen and like am I okay I didn't know if I was okay and even though there was a team of people in the operating room with me you know they're sewing me back up and they're like talking about like their summer vacations and the sports games going on and I was like hello am I okay you know and then after that um it was the middle of the night they took me to a recovery room where I just lay there kind of like shaking in the dark by myself for another couple hours until they brought my baby back to me so we and my husband came back so it was a very very traumatic experience. Yes, to say the least, a very traumatic birth. Your decision to have a home birth in Washington, home birth after cesarean is is a typical practice? No. Um, I don't know if home, um, home birth after cesarean is necessarily typical anywhere um, because I do worry about uterine rupture, which when I delved into the research on that, what I found was, you know, any pregnant woman can have a uterine rupture, not just after a C-section. But the number one indicator for what causes a uterine rupture isn't like, have you had a C-section? It's have you had Pitocin or not? Right. That increases your chance of uterine rupture. I can't remember how much, but it's like double or triple or a lot. Um, and so for me, I wanted to stay out of the hospital because if I was going to have a slow labor, I was not going to let them give me Pitocin. <laughs> and so I did like our insurance, we had to pay out of pocket for 
our insurance wouldn't cover the actual home birth. They covered before and after, like the well care visits and checks and things like that. But we did end up having to pay out of pocket for the delivery. And um, there's only, I'd say, about a dozen midwives that are willing to do HVAC. So I met with a few of them and interviewed, and I found someone really great who had, I mean, she, there's a, there's a lot of women around here who want that home birth experience after C-section. So these midwives that do practice who, who will um, do this type of birth are, are pretty busy. But also the other thing is we weren't, the, the birthing centers don't allow it either. So it was either home birth or hospital were our only options. Right. And so you found a midwife that was willing to work with you. It sounds like your second birth was such a needed experience after the difficulty and struggle you experienced with your first. It was. It was a very healing experience. And I will say this about my birth with Zoe. You know, I, after it put me in a really negative space to enter motherhood in, um, a place where I didn't trust my instincts anymore because. I really felt that what happened was, was it my fault? Did I put my family in risk? Did I put my, did I put my child at risk? Did I put myself at risk? You know, from what that nurse had told me, I just, it really shook me in a lot of ways. Plus the lack of like humanness in the experience. Going through birth a second time with a provider that cared about me as a, a whole person as someone who experienced things was experiencing birth emotionally and physically and spiritually and who wanted me to be healthy and feel good in all of those areas not just do you still have a pulse does your baby have a pulse at the end um was a really transformative experience and it did give me a chance to kind of step back into my power and redefine who I was in a, a really amazing way. <laughs> that is so beautiful. And now you obviously took that healing that you gained and learned how to, to use and really put it into your book that I would love to discuss, Divine Birth, a collection of wisdom and coloring pages to inspire and empower the pregnant mother. Yes. So that's the other thing that came out of this healing process is I truly believe that birth is more, it's not just an event. It's not a like destination from A to B, from baby in your tummy to baby in your arms. Really a chance for us as women during pregnancy and birth to explore our creative powers and to really step into our, our womanhood and our power and our strength and see that we are capable of creating and achieving and being more than we ever knew we could. It's the time for us to silence those that self-doubt that is very invasive. It's the time for us to to look at all of those truths, look at all the places where we've given our power away and take it back and really step back into that place of I'm making decisions for my own life because I can, because I have the resources and I will surround myself with support 
um, because I am worthy to have experiences that not only serve me, but are the best for me and my baby. And so that book is a tribute to helping moms walk that journey of that inner work to to rise to their strongest self during their journey during pregnancy and birth. I absolutely love it. And the the illustrations are beautiful. There's so much room for moms to sit down and, and color and really release that tension and energy. Uh, the work that Susie's put into this book, I, it's it's gorgeous. And she's got wonderful quotes in it as well. I really cannot recommend it enough. And Susie, I thank you so much for sending me a copy. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I hope you're enjoying it. Yes. So when did you publish this? Did this happen after your second birth or between births? So I wrote most of the book when I was pregnant with Hazel and I published it. um, It was published just a couple months ago. So it's brand new. That's incredible. It really is beautiful to see someone who went through quite a struggle with their first pregnancy and childbirth experience to take all of that and and come back and not be defeated and decide to not only not be defeated but also to give hope to other mothers who either have potentially struggled before or just to prevent that type of struggle that's really beautiful and and I just thank you so much for that Oh, you're welcome. Now, Susie, for those of my listeners who would like to get their hands on a copy of this book and to learn more about you, where can they find that information? So if you check out my website, it's moregigglingmoments.com. There is a whole page called Divine Birth, and you can, um, it'll link you to, you'll be able to see the book and the reviews and all of that. Um, It's also on Amazon. Perfect. Well, I will put those links in the show notes so that listeners can pick it up very easily. And Susie, once again, thank you so much for being willing to share everything, to being so open. And I know that it is, it's hard to relive those traumatic experiences, but I do feel that you shining a light on it is so helpful to so many other women that have experienced very similar situations and, and need hope for the next go around. Well, I do. Um, just as we're closing up here, I just want to leave one more little nugget, so to speak. You know, whether this is your first birth, whether you're planning your first birth or you're recovering from a traumatic birth or your fifth birth, you know, it is a journey to every time you go through this this process of birthing a baby, you're also rebirthing yourself as a mother and redesigning yourself and your family and you know I truly believe that all birth is is birth a lot of people had told me that I'm really brave for doing a home birth and I feel like the time I was brave was during my first birth when everything went wrong when the home birth was easy but at some point in your journey someone's going to ask you how did you know you could do it and you'll answer because I looked within all the answers that you need as you're trying to decide what's right for you, you'll find not from reading every blog post or every book, you know, they have their place and we should definitely be looking at evidence. But you're going to find your answers, your personal answers inside of you. And when you make decisions that are lined up with that, you'll have a great birth experience. That is incredibly wise. And I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, thank you, Caitlin, so much for having me. I really appreciate it. 
Absolutely. Thank you, Susie. And I look forward to hearing from you again soon. You too. Thank you. Isn't that just an inspiring and amazing story? I'm just so grateful that Susie came on and was so open with us about her entire process. Now, I want to do a quick episode roundup of the things that I really took away from this. The first thing is to make sure that you take note of your care provider's attitude when you share your birth plans with them. If you notice that you're not being treated with respect, it's time to search for a new provider. Remember, you're hiring these people. You can fire them too. The second thing is to be sure that you educate yourself on what is normal during childbirth. I recommend birthing classes, not necessarily the one provided by the hospital, but a private birthing class, as well as a number of books that you could find on the Happy Home Birth website under the Resources tab. By being informed, you'll be able to notice anything fishy going on with your care. The third thing, hire a doula. And I have a ton of exclamation points right here, guys, because it is so crucial and so incredibly helpful. Fourth, if you have experienced birth trauma, seek help. Susie sought therapy after her traumatic experience, and if you've had something like this happen to you, I urge you to do the same. These experiences and emotions cannot help but to seep into every other aspect of our lives, so there's no sense in struggling alone. And the last thing that I'd like to end on is something that Susie said towards the end of the episode, and that is, when you make decisions that are lined up with the answers inside of you, you will have a great birth experience. I love that, and I think that it's such a powerful way to end. So until next week, just be sure to share this podcast, find me on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast, or send me an email if you would like to sponsor an episode or be interviewed at Caitlin at MyHappyHomeBirth.com. Thank you guys so much for listening.